Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Four Legs Good. My name is Mansi Bhagwati and I'm a self-proclaimed animal rights activist and preachy vegan. Any avid readers out there might have recognized the phrase Four Legs Good appears in the book Animal Farm by George Orwell. Relax. This podcast is not a political satire or commentary about the current political climate. It's about four legs and two legs and no legs and eight legs. We are going to be talking about animals and our interaction with animals in our micro and macro environments. I want you to take a moment and look around you, but not if you're listening as you drive. Can you take a moment to notice your surroundings? Whether it's an urban or rural area, indoors or outdoors, we are surrounded by animals. The ducks swimming in the pond, the fruit flies hovering around your bananas, the worms in the soil, and the cat or dog on your lap are ones we encounter on a daily basis. Sometimes we stare in admiration at the beauty of nature. But have you ever noticed that dead animal parts are always around too? If you consumed a ham sandwich for lunch, you ate the muscles of a dead pig. If you wore a leather jacket, you wore the skin of a dead cow. If you ate candy, in all probability it contained ground-up insect bodies in the form of carmine red. Look it up. Animals are all around us. Some, like those we keep as pets or companion animals, have a special place in our heart. And others, like cows or mice, those we create products with, we don't care too much about. Why is that? Why do we wear, eat, and test on some, but treat others like family? Are you with me so far? Let's talk about how we as humans can do better when it comes to other animals and the earth. I say other because humans are animals too. Classified as homo sapiens, the smartest of them all, we tend to forget that we are animals too. We look at ourselves as if we are different than the rest of the world when in reality we all share this home with each other. And we are doing a hell of a job destroying that home. Worry not, whether it's through our diet or our lifestyle choices, there are some concrete steps we can take. I am not here to judge your lifestyle choices, but I would like to share some information with you. So yes, in a way, this podcast is about going vegan for the animals, for the planet and yourself. Many people, both online and in person, consider vegans to be overly emotional and irrational. But here, I will be presenting concrete evidence based on scientific facts. There's much research out there, and this would be a great place to share that with you. All the links to articles and books will be posted to the website fourlegsgood.net. I would like to share my personal journey with you on how I became vegan and an animal rights activist, and I hope you will stay and listen. I plan on releasing two episodes a month, 
and I'm a newbie at podcasting, so please go easy on me. I am originally from India, so you will hear me share much about my life back in Mumbai as a child and how that led me to the path of veganism. But I am driven and I have decided to venture into this world and talk to those of you who are curious to learn through podcasts and open-minded enough that you have landed on this one. I would like you to give me a chance to share some basic information with you about the dire state in which animals are used for farming, animal exploitation that happens in various industries, and animal agriculture's contribution to climate change. Let's talk a little bit about the history of animal use and domestication since I am a bit of a nerd and I like to delve deep into a subject. Domestication is defined as adapting adapting wild plants and animals for human use, the buzzword being use. It all began almost 11,000 years ago. If you guessed that dogs were the first animals to be domesticated, you would be correct, partially. Along with dogs, goats and sheep were the first animals to be domesticated. But while dogs enjoyed a certain status amongst humans due to their social and loyal nature, goats and sheep were relegated to being exploited for the products they could provide. Milk, meat and wool. With the abundance of food from farming plants, more and more animals began spending time around humans. We tamed chickens and used their eggs. Oxen were made to carry huge loads around the fields and camels lumbered through the deserts, carrying people and luggage over long distances. All of this was done carefully through the process of artificial selection and selective breeding. Of course, we don't use those specific terms back then, but we had a basic idea of which traits were useful to us and which weren't. So far, so good. But at the crux of domestication lies an unsettling truth. Domesticated animals were specifically selected because of an important quality. They were trusting. They trusted humans enough to let their guard down. Elsewhere in nature, mutual or symbiotic relationships exist between different species of animals. The famous ants and aphids example comes to mind. But what we did to these animals in the process of domestication was more like backstabbing. We made them feel safe around us and then, quite literally, we slit their throats. As we continue to do so today, sometimes directly and sometimes indirectly. Whether it's straws lodged inside the noses of turtles 
orangutans losing their habitats to palm oil farming, or black rhinos being hunted to extinction, humans sure know how to kill. As technology advances, we have moved from having one or two animals in our backyards to thousands in factory farms and zoos. Animals are fed antibiotics and fortified with vitamins to increase their nutritional value. Saltwater fishes can be grown at astonishing rates indoors in temperature-controlled ponds, and oysters can create pearls for us on demand. Some countries are even building vertical pig farms where 30,000 female pigs will give birth to almost 800,000 piglets annually. Does listening to all of this make you uncomfortable? Do you feel somewhat defensive or angry even? Don't worry about it. This feeling is called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is a fancy term for being unable to hold two opposing viewpoints at the same time. If all your life you have eaten meat, worn down coats and leather boots, gone fishing, heck, even gone hunting, and never for once questioned the morality of your actions, this is cognitive dissonance. If you love the taste of meat and think it is necessary for health and have never really considered what goes on in slaughterhouses or factory farms, this is cognitive dissonance. If you believe that animal testing is necessary for the advancement of science, this is cognitive dissonance. This feeling will come up as you listen, since I will be sharing facts and personal stories that are opposite to your beliefs. It's okay to feel defensive or mad or tense. I would still ask that you keep an open mind and hopefully by the end you will consider going vegan. For comments and suggestions, you can email me at mancybhagwati at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Four Legs Podcast. That's it for today. Next week's episode will include the story of Bindi, a donkey, and Papu, the puppy who was my friend. We will also discuss compassion towards animals and ways to become more compassionate. I want to leave you with a quote by President Barack Obama. It's in the context of human rights, but can also be applied to animal rights. If we see cruelty, if we see inequalities, if we see injustice, ask yourself, why is that? Am I a part of this? Am I willing to do something about it? Thank you for listening and see you on the other side.